Welcome to Ms. Lyrics Poetry Outlaws, a show about all things poetry. I'm your host, Catherine Owen. Oh, hi, Outlaws. Good morning. It's me. I'm uh, still in Burnaby. I just took the dog for a walk in the forest and got rather saturated by the sudden downfall but it's very lush in there and lots of beautiful and delicious blackberries. I've been in Qualicum Beach for the last few days with my art compatriot, Karen Moe, and her and I did our formerly annual pilgrimage to the estuary that we used to do when Joe Rosenblatt was alive, and we would stay as his dog daughters at his home right across from the beach with his wife, Faye, who is also an amazing human being. And I hadn't been back for five years since before he died in March of 2019. So it was way past time for me to do that. So we had quite an amazing uh, time, especially in the ocean, swimming about the area where his ashes were cast, uh, near the pavilion commemorating Faye where Joe liked to swim and boat a long time ago and uh, did a long walk across these massive rocks and then my body, oh boy, I'm feeling every last muscle of it and I'm quite burned even with 45 sunscreen on and so yeah, I'm feeling extremely physically grounded in the realities often agonizing of having a physical nature today. And yes, I will continue my series of going through the best Canadian poetry and picking out some poems in there that I particularly like and talking about them as poems. But uh, today I thought I would do a bits and pieces kind of roundup of some of the things I've been seeing over the past few days relating to poetry. And Karen said to me how much she loved my uh discussion of AI slash the plagiarism machine and how it creates this incredibly bad poetry and my analysis of one of the verses that it concocted. And she said, do another one, do another one. So uh, first thing I did today was I looked up. Okay, first of all, I I looked up how do you make an AI poem? I was like, hmm, this is going to be curious. I wonder how I would do that. I'm not going to do it because I'm not going to feed into that machine. Uh, I don't give robots lessons. Uh, But it says, how to use AI poetry generator to write beautiful AI generated poetry in four easy steps. And then hilariously, it gives you five steps. Number one step. Choose a specific theme or topic that inspires you. So yes, go to that grocery store and pick out that special delicious brand of theme or topic that you would like to uh, have for dinner tonight and uh, take it to the checkout. And along with that, you number two, pick a poetry structure such as sonnet or haiku. So make sure that that goes alongside it, uh, like sidekicks with, you know, a steak. And then number three, use vivid and sensory language. Okay, uh, that's that's true. That's probably as close as it comes to identifying a poem as an orality and a 
textuality, a texturality. Uh, number four, avoid cliches and strive for originality. Well, that's completely impossible because there's nothing original about a plagiarism machine. And if you read anything genera- generated by it, it's utterly riddled with cliches. And then number five, don't forget at the checkout to, uh, you know, add some gum and candy, use some metaphors and some similes. So just pop all that together and uh, you will have uh, uh, a piece as utterly delightful, as divinely uh, exquisite as this one. Uh, Some professor asked the plagiarism machine to write a poem about winter and this was its first attempt. Winter's here, a time of cheer. The air is crisp, the sky is clear. The trees are bare, but in the air there's a magic that's beyond compare. Okay, total grossness. Um, Not only horrific rhymey chimes, uh, tons of cliches, and empty rhetoric, and utterly boring, and yeah, of course, so banal. Then, oh, her name was Grossman. She then asked it to revise the poem to rhyme less and be, quote-unquote, more soulful. This is how it revised the text. Winter's chill, a crispness in the air. The trees stand bare, stripped of their leaves. The sky is gray, a blanket overhead, but there's a stillness, a sense of peace instead. Oh, yes. Okay, so we do have fewer rhymes. That's delightful. Um, But we have crispness, cliche, bare, stripped, cliche, gray sky as a blanket, cliche. Uh, The sky as a blanket is just absurd. And then stillness and peace. Okay, slightly better than magic. But again, there's nothing original. It's completely tawdry and tedious. And uh, I don't understand why we're even playing with this shit. Like, I just don't get it. I see, you know, poets and and artists I admire um, just mucking about with this crap. And I don't want to. I think it's not only super dull... Uh, But it's potentially dangerous because you're feeding the machine your originality. And if it is capable of learning, though it's really just, you know, regurgitating, uh, then you are going to be enabling it. And so I refuse. But of course, you know, the thing is, uh, we're not reading enough good poetry and we're not reading enough criticism or writing enough criticism so as I always say, uh, then when you write a review of a book, you know the review is less for the author themselves saying, okay, what's working and what's not, than it is for those who are potentially and theoretically uh, wanting to read the book and wanting to enlarge their vocabulary, their comprehension of what poetry is, what it can be, why it's working, why it's not in this particular case. And if you're not able to access any of this type of perceptive and respectful criticism and all you get is these overviews of books or these blurbs, then you're not developing the discernment required in order to comprehend what poetry is and what it isn't. So I was looking through the BC Book World on the ferry uh, when I was going over to Qualicum and I encountered some lines from some poems, and BC Book World doesn't publish poetry, but they publish some lines from them sometimes in their ABC overview of authors at the end. 
And the ones that they did excerpt are not poetic at all. So for instance, I'm not going to say the authors, but you can look it up if you want. How about this line? Can I write about a city I've merely visited several times? Mind you. Well, that's chatty. Uh, no, no ear going on there. And then we have, let's see, uh, a poet's undeniable honesty. Quote, where all things pure and simple thrive in truth. Unquote. Well, that's just, just utterly saying things that lead to a sparkle. This is, quote, a small, simple sparkle beaming life defying death. Unquote. Again, a bunch of cliches. Uh, might as well be a Hallmark card. And yeah, it's just what I call saying things, which is, you know, Ruby Carr's and their ilk is the epitome, where you just have uh, this platitude, essentially. And there's nothing that's really crafted about it. There's nothing that's, that's singing. And then we have, uh, quote, I write these words only for those who know that going too far is not going far enough, unquote. Again, this is something that could be, you know, uh, in a motivational talk, uh, but it's, it's, it's just not doing it for uh, everything that I desire about poetry. I, I, I want craft. I want sound. I want texture. I want depth of, of, of multiple layers. I, I, I want imagery that's going to cut through my core and give me that shiver. And I was thinking when I was walking down the beach that it's a sign of obviously an amazing poem when, you know, I was looking at sandpipers on the shoreline, of course, I was thinking about Elizabeth Bishop and I was thinking about P.K. Page's Glossa using her lines on the sandpiper. And that that's when you know, okay, this is a great poem. I'm, I'm looking at what's around me and the poetry is coming back through my blood and connecting to, you know, this moment and enriching it because of its crap, because of its sound, because of its symmetry. Uh, okay, and then we have a further travesty. Uh, what happens when people have a lot of money and fame and they can put out books of quote-unquote poetry even though they're utter crap and Simon and & Schuster will put them out. Uh, think back to uh, Jewel, for instance, and I'm well, Madonna, I don't know. There's lots of others. But now we have Megan Fox, uh, and uh, she's she's put out a book of 80 poems all about you know her sex life and body and how naughty men are. And uh, I wasn't able to find a piece from that particular upcoming release, but I found her Valentine's Day poem to Machine Gun Kelly. Uh, okay, um, here it goes. Magical and haunted, kinetic and tortured, ethereal and dangerous, cosmic, lawless, eternal, creative genius. Okie doke, Ms. Fox. That is fridge poetry, which again is not poetry. So let's call it fridge words. Those, those words come in a little box and you take them out and, and, you know, they're magnetized and you pop them on your fridge and then your partner finds them in the morning and they go, oh, that's so nice. But again, not in any way, shape or form, a poem. So there we go. There's my feelings about poetry, uh, the art, the craft that I live for today on this, uh, what is it, Wednesday morning? I'm going to fly back to Edmonton today 
and I will carry on with, you know, your semi-regularly scheduled programming uh, according to summertime. But I'm going to end with a beautiful poem that I, of course, read many, many, many times, many, many years ago, but I'm reading this Gregory Orr poetry as survival, and he excerpts the poem from Robert Haydn, Those Winter Sundays, where you have these three stanzas with so much alliteration and assonance and disruptive imagery and exquisite but difficult and textured and complex emotion all through the diction choice, which is so utterly crucial to real poetry. Those Winter Sundays by Robert Haydn. Sundays, too, my father got up early and put his clothes on in the blue-black cold. Then, with cracked hands that ached from labor and the weekday weather, made banked fires blaze. No one ever thanked him. I'd wake and hear the cold splintering, breaking. When the rooms were warm, he'd call, and slowly I would rise and dress, fearing the chronic angers of that house. Speaking indifferently to him, who had driven out the cold and polished my good shoes as well. What did I know, what did I know, of love's austere and lonely offices? You've been listening to Miss Lyric's Poetry Outlaws. Stay fierce, word musicians.